Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. Good evening. This is the Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. We are here for episode two of our Philippian series. Jeff, last week was awesome. I was totally blown away by just thinking about the work that God is doing in our lives and how he's going to complete that. And and we keep moving on in the first chapter of Philippians tonight, looking at Paul being in chains and and how his perspective of him sitting in a jail and what his perspective was of that and just a challenge tonight. And I'm excited to, to jump in here and to work through that with you. And um, I'm also excited about the ridiculously good music we have planned for this uh this episode so oh, yeah so anyway all y'all out there you want to stick around and uh you know jump in and if you uh want to check out the website um www.thealterlife.com and let us know you're listening we'd appreciate it because um sometimes we don't know who's listening out yeah. there and it's good to know that somebody cares yeah <laughs> uh so i uh, just encourage you to give us a shout out and uh we can give you a shout out so yeah and Email us at shoutout at thealterlife.com. Yeah. And that's the easiest way to get in touch with us. And we would love to hear from you. Um, and you can like us on Facebook and post on our walls as well. We'd love to, you know, any comments we get, we'd love to share those on the radio waves. Tonight's topic, the Unchained Gospel. And as we talk about Paul being in chains, what better song to kick off the night than Prisoner by Need to Breathe? Tonight, we're going to be talking a lot about the truth of the gospel and conquering fear and not being afraid of the afflictions that come upon a Christian who is eager to spread the gospel and how we shouldn't allow those difficult times to hinder the furtherance of the gospel, which is what we're going to kick off with here in chapter one, verse 12. If you have your Bibles, uh, you can check it out. Or now, as I see in my church iPads, people just bring their iPads to church or their iPhones and just pull up the Bible. I'm like, you know, you can't take notes. <laughs> yes, you but, can, actually. Yeah. That's yeah, just not real. <laughs> it's not the way the Bible was intended to be. Get with the times, man. I'm archaic, and I like it. That's <laughs> because you don't have an iPad. It's true. If you had it, you'd be sporting it. No, I wouldn't. I don't think so. I like having... <laughs> I like tangibleness. Okay. Uh, that's just me. I don't know. Anyway, verse 12. Whoa, I just threw my pen. <laughs> uh, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel... So that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And, you know, he said earlier, and we talked about it, we kind of passed over it last week, but it says, Inasmuch as both my, in my chains and in the defense of the confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. It's by God's grace that I'm in chains. You're like, what? what? We think of grace as like all the good stuff and the benefits and the sweetness. But you know what? When it comes to getting the good news of Jesus Christ out there, there's going to be hostility and there's going to be trials and tribulations. And I would say a good portion of the New Testament shows that, that it's not all happiness and like, yay, we're getting out there and we're getting filled with the spirit. And there's tongues of fire and we're just like speaking in tongues and all this great stuff. and People are getting saved. A lot of it, especially in the book of Acts, you see people getting thrown in jail. And most of the New Testament was written from a jail cell. So, you know, it's going to be a sobering episode tonight. We got lots of great music, but we're talking about how God uses difficulties in our life and difficulties in Christianity or Christendom, as they call it, to spread the truth of God's word even farther than it would have gone had we all been happy-go-lucky. Thinking about to when Jesus was on the earth and he walked around and he was involved in lots of different Bibles, you know, we read through the Gospels. You know, it wasn't all fun and games as the disciples followed him around. <laughs> Actually, it was, 
not that many fun in games, really. I mean, it was, and what was cool about it that I that I appreciate, especially living here in Philadelphia, which they pride themselves on being real. Um, Jesus was real. I mean, it was you. You saw what he. You saw him, and he was what he was. You know, and there was no, there was no smoke and mirror shows. It was reality. The altar life with Brent and Jeff. And uh, you know, I just I appreciate my Savior not trying to be a show when he was on the earth. You know, you know, he could have easily done that. You know, he he would heal someone and say, "Don't tell anybody," except for the priest, because that was what he was. They were supposed to do. Um, but you know, don't make a big deal out of this. And he was always trying to dodge the crowds because <laughs> he don't want to be the show, right? And um, it, there was a reality to his ministry. You know, it was I didn't need that. I just want to be right here with you, one on one. I wanted to be right here, ministering to the broken. You know, being in the midst of the situation that's not pleasant. I want to be right there with you. I want to be right there in the boat with you as the storm has come. I want to be, you know, right there. As you know, your mother's dead, dying or dead. I want to be there, and I want to help that situation. I want to be there in the midst, and um, that was what Jesus was all about, you know. And and what's it's it's so cool to, that we have a God who wants to just be there with us. And you know, we look at Paul here sitting in jail, and his perspective. You know, he wrote four awesome. <laughs> We're studying one tonight. Awesome you know epistles letters that we just are it's just pouring out with the holy spirit and wisdom and amazing insight through the spirit his word god's word um and it happened when paul was in a situation where he could have easily said oh man what am i doing here you know this is ridiculous and he could have sitting there complaining but he wasn't he was hearing from the lord and he was communicating to these philippians and we get to study that tonight so it's pretty cool all right, that was Should I Tell Them by Sean Groves. And uh, I think we get that way because well, we're afraid of persecution and things that are going to come upon us if we're going to tell the truth and share the gospel. And Paul isn't concerned about that. You know, it says in verse 14, And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. You're like, that doesn't make sense to me. I would think that when you see a Christian getting thrown in prison for preaching you'd be like a lot more shy about it like oh maybe i should this is this is scary it says the fact that paul was in chains made them confident to speak the word without fear much more boldness you know it's like that's so counterintuitive if you think about it it's like okay someone gets thrown in prison for doing what we're told to do maybe we should back off you know let's ease up a little bit and that's that's the culture we're in you know we don't want to be fanatical we don't want to be seen as intolerant Let's soften the blow and let's not talk about the good news, the gospel. You know, I love when people use the word gospel, but then they don't talk about the death and resurrection of Jesus or sin. It's like, that's that's a weak gospel. That's not, you can't have the gospel without those things. Right. Because the fact that we're sinners is why we need good news. And, you know, I just think about in Acts, there are plenty of times, uh, you know, not one specific, but it would say that they would be threatened and they would be beaten and they would be rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer and then the word would spread even farther and specifically you know after Stephen was martyred it says you know and they, everybody was scattered throughout all the regions because Saul who was writing this book after he's converted he, he scattering they're all fleeing him because he's wreaking havoc on the church he's dragging people off the prison he's killing people 
and it says, and wherever they were scattered, they preached the word. <laughs> like, if it wasn't for Paul or Saul being this terrible oppressor towards the church, then the church wouldn't have spread as far. It spread like wildfire. And that is what Paul is saying here. He's like, listen, I'm in chains, but everybody sees that and they're like, yes, let's do the same thing. Let's preach the word. Let's let's not allow man's effort and ultimately the enemy's effort to squelch the gospel. Let's not allow that to take place. Let's use it as a fire, as a match that's going to spread throughout all the world. The Philippians saw Paul and the fruit that was happening as him being in prison. They saw the furtherance of the gospel. They saw how God was using Paul in this situation. Um, And that kingdom fruit is actually the thing that encouraged them to be able to enter into something that the world would see as not pleasurable, (laughs) uh, like jail. And, uh, you know, we, I'm, I'm guilty of this very often where I look at my circumstances and I take a very earthly view of them and I, I go, oh, I'm such a victim to, you know, why didn't you do this? Why hasn't this happened in your life? Why are you, oh, because I'm just so busy or I'm just, oh, because this happened in my life and I, I really, you know, I had to do that instead of this. And so, you know, it's always about like my circumstance. I throw in my circumstances and I say, I'm just a victim to it. You know, so uh, I'm helpless. I can't. And it's almost like we we excuse our growth in the Lord or we excuse some things out of our life by pointing to our circumstances, saying that's the reason why. And, um, you know, it's almost as if we're telling God, like, (laughs) you're like, we're assuming God's up there going, oh, I can't believe he got into that circumstance. I wasn't expecting him to be there. Like, (laughs) you know classic example was me yesterday like I had this my whole day planned out I knew exactly what I wanted to get done and God changed the direction and I was a miserable person all day long because God changed the circumstances of my life and I was like oh I'm a I'm not. you know <laughs> I was a victim to my circumstances instead of seeing how God was changing my circumstances for for my blessing you know for my growth and for me being able to be a blessing to other people and um, I was still stuck on myself and how I felt that I wasn't looking at the fruit that he wanted to do in me. And Paul's an example of not looking at what was on earth, like what was in front of his eyes, the eye, you know, materialistically, mm-hmm. and looking at what was in front of his eyes and the eyes of his heart spiritually. You know, he was always looking at the kingdom effect, you know, as opposed to, you know, he's sitting there locked up and he could have been whining and complaining, but he saw opportunity to share the gospel. He saw furtherance of the gospel opportunity to write letters to people he loved you know like those opportunities he took and um god totally blew his mind and other people to the point where they were willing to go to jail if they could have the same effect on the earth as paul did isn't that great you know i i hope that at some point i get this you know i have totally not arrived here but to be able to look at my situation and completely be outside of it in it but outside of it looking at what god has God's plan is for it and to trust that. And hopefully as we go through this section of scripture in Philippians, we're getting a new perspective on trials and and hardships that come into our life instead of seeing them as like God, why thou why does thou smitest me? <laughs> you know, which we get like this like self-righteous like you know, we just start to complain about the things that happen in our life. Let's ask God to give us a new perspective. Like, okay, God, how are you using this for the furtherance of the gospel? You know, if, if I'm getting laid off at my job or 
<clears throat> if I'm getting persecuted at my job, you know, what, what, what are you using? What circumstances are you using in my life that can be seen as a, um, a hindrance to me spreading the gospel? And how can your grace change that into a furtherance? And I like those words, hindrance, furtherance, but <laughs> I just think we're so quick. And, and when you look at our culture, you know, we, everybody talks about, oh, America is the greatest country in the world and stuff. And like, it's great, but the more and more time that passes, the more and more hostile people become against Christianity. And, and I think Christianity, Christianity more than any other religion. Everybody's quick to embrace every other religion and be all inclusive except for Christianity because they see it as intolerant. And there's going to come a day where you're going to have to, you know, maybe not you, maybe your kids, maybe your grandkids, but they're going to have to be standing before a jury or something and they're going to be threatened with prison and you know it's it's harsh to think about but how are we going to use these circumstances when people are are railing against us or criticizing us for being a christian how are we going to use those circumstances and ask god to further the gospel through those circumstances it's it's really difficult to imagine but you know there are plenty of places and, and examples in scripture where you know god I was just reading the commentary notes in my Bible. God used the fact that a jailer had to be chained to Paul as Paul's, you know, pulpit. You know, they 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 were stuck there with him. They couldn't leave him. They couldn't release him. He was in prison, and they had to guard him because they didn't want him to break out. So he would just sit there and be like, "Yeah, let me tell you all about Jesus and what he did for me." And they'd be like, "Oh," and we see, and we'll talk about a little bit later on how God used those instances to bring about salvation in the lives of the prison guards, and you know. Paul couldn't go out and preach to the world, but God brought the world to, to Paul. You're unbelievable. The altar. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable, Jeff. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Driving down the side of the road, especially where I live. I live kind of off a big highway type road, you know, like those four lane with the middle, yeah. middle lane in the middle, middle lane in the middle, of course. It's in the middle. <laughs> One of those lanes and turning lanes in the middle, you know, big road, and they have a lot of stores and stuff, right? And yeah. so, driving down, there's always at least one guy standing on the side of the road holding a sign advertising some sale for a store. And I always think to myself, what a waste of money! These people are paying <laughs> for a guy to stand there and hold a sign to come into their store, and those people aren't necessarily always like the most inviting looking people yeah. <laughs> because you know to have a job where you're just holding a sign for hours outside standing holding a sign come here um why don't you just put the sign on the ground and call it a day like i never got that i don't understand the point and i think it's just unbelievably ridiculous yeah i, I don't know if maybe the intention is to like attract attention to the sign because there's like a person there waving it but normally it's just like well nowadays it's just somebody standing there texting while they're holding up this sign or you, they want you to feel bad for the person. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, that, that poor, poor person. Guy. You know, I should probably go in to see what what they're advertising, but it doesn't work. And it's I like the store's trying too hard. I know, and it's always like, it's like oh. they always pick the windiest days to be <laughs> out there, and the people are like struggling. It's like flapping in the wind, and you're like, oh man, this person's like pouring rain. Yeah, <laughs> they're about to like get shoot. They fly away with their sandwich board here. <laughs> Ironically, I don't think that I've ever seen a sign holder person or someone wearing a sandwich board advertising sandwiches. <laughs> that would be something I would be interested in. <laughs> now, I do appreciate when those people go the extra mile and dress up. You know, they yeah. wear the costume. There's this one place. It's called. It's like a. 
something, but it's called Liberty something. Yeah. The and the guy place. dresses up like the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. And you're like... It's a tax place. Yeah. Get your taxes done. <laughs> we just advertised. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's some place. We don't know what it's called. <laughs> um, Where you get the, like, the, the hot dog store with the guy in the hot dog. It looks oh, like a hot genius. dog. It's like, yeah, it's great. That Now that works. Yeah. But just some guy out there with a jacket on and... Some guy's like smoking a cigarette. He's like you're holding like, a sign. like, And it's always a furniture store or a mattress <laughs> store that's going out of business. But every weekend they're going out of business for the last couple of years. You're like, wait a minute. That's a ploy. You're just trying to get me in your store. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no, but I think that's ridiculous. I mean, now I would like someone to email us if you've actually had that job and let us know. Because I always wonder what those people are thinking yeah. when they're holding the sign. Like, why did I do this job? And how much do you possibly make? And I want to know how much. Yeah. I want to know what's the going rate Is for it a minimum wage? Because if it's better, then maybe I should stop criticizing. Just go work at McDonald's. At least to be inside. And, uh, you know, this, this has been good so far. You know, just thinking about our circumstances, you know. And I don't know. I remember... We're always in this situation where we want our circumstances to be different. You know, I'm single. I really been sick of being single. I really want somebody to live my life with. Um, you know, I'm stuck always going paycheck to paycheck, and I really wish that I had more money so I could live comfortably and not be a stress in my life. You know, you name it. You name your circumstance. You wish you weren't in it anymore, right? And um, God understands that. I mean, we're human. We have those tendencies to think, you know, it's just a struggle. These are stressor things. But, you know, I so often wake up with those things on my mind as the first thing, you know, like, oh, here's what my stress is today, blah, 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 blah. And then I live in that mindset of just dealing with those stressful things in my circumstance. And I think God has recently been challenging me to wake up thinking about, okay, God, you've created this day. You know exactly every circumstance that I'm going to hit today. You've ordained my life. There's steps that I'm walking in and help me to be perceptive through those stressor things to look for the opportunities where you have for, that you've laid out for me. That's a completely different mindset than, oh, this thing, that thing, got to figure this out, I got to figure this out, figure that out, you know? And it's not about, not, I'm not talking about being irresponsible, just ignoring those things. It's being diligent to be faithful in working through those things but having a perspective having a heart mindset that is looking at the looking at the kingdom and looking at Jesus looking for opportunities as Paul to share the gospel um, or just to encourage another bro- a brother or sister you know like Paul took an opportunity while he was in jail to write a letter to the Philippians and encourage them in their faith you know so it's just we want we, not, we want to have those opportunities, and um, we pray for those opportunities, and then God gives us a situation where we could kind of live in that, and then we complain about the circumstance while we're there instead of actually executing on the opportunity He's giving us. Yeah, you know, Paul could have easily been like, "Oh, I'm on the sidelines now. Uh, I'm gonna take a break. <laughs> you know, I can't do anything. I can't talk to anybody. I can't minister to anybody. I'm in prison." What did he do? He wrote most of what we now have in prison. And he's witness to the people while he was there. And you may be in a current you know, situation where you feel like you're on the sidelines, but let's seek out what God has for us while we're in those times. Now. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. That was Fearless by DC Talk. A double play. And they are just right on. Double play by DC Talk every show, I think. Um, but I love it. It says, you know, um, got me believing you would die for me. And then he says, got me believing I would die for you. You know, then that's the change. And we talked about that last week about the growth. What a place of growth. Like when you first get saved, you're not thinking about, I'm going to go die for Jesus. But God, you know, there's a time when you get to the point where you're like, you know what? 
I care so much about telling this person about Jesus. I don't care if they punch me in the face. Like, they need to know, you know. Like, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm not, like, welcoming, you know, fists to the face. But I don't even like to get dirty. No. <laughs> like last week. <laughs> Friend's week. <laughs> Friend likes his khaki pants and his coffee. Absolutely. <laughs> Got was, it. Like, we talked about that. A couple weeks ago, <laughs> <He's talking> about, <laughs> that was really funny. Anyway, go and listen to our website or previous episodes, and you'll you'll know what we're talking about. Sidebar, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, Paul so excited. <laughs> he's like, "Yes, I'm in prison. I have a guy chained to me now. He doesn't know what he's in for." And uh, even you know, we'll go on a little bit. He says, "Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife. Some also from goodwill." And he's <laughs> he's basically like, people are like. <laughs> You hear about this guy, Paul? He's like talking to the guards about Jesus. Oh, really? What's he saying? Oh, it's something stupid about how he died for your sins. And, you know, they get sick. They're, they're believing it. I'm like, well, oh, he died for my sins? Yeah. It's nonsense, right? Well, I don't, I don't know. I kind of like that. And then they get saved. And it's like, wait a minute. That guy wasn't witnessing. <laughs> but he was giving them the good news. You know, Paul says, some preach Christ even from envy and strife and some from goodwill. The former preached Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and in this I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. Bottom line, Paul was saying, I just want, as long as Christ is being preached, I'm rejoicing. You know, that was his goal. That was his his main purpose for his life. It wasn't to be free. It wasn't to be happy. You know, his life wasn't all about being comfortable. It wasn't about being able to coast, to watch the game, you know, to have the wife. You know, Paul's life was about ministering the gospel to everyone he saw and for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. And, you know, he, he was trying to further a kingdom of the fil- you know of his old lifestyle before he got converted he was off trying to martyr and kill every christian and advance the you know the um, religiosity of the day and trying to advance that regime and that agenda until god said why are you persecuting me stop completely turned his life around and gave him a perspective of i want you to go now that you've been killing me for so long i want you to go minister and tell other people about me now for your life's calling and it completely gave him a different calling on his life and man now he's here he's like I don't, you know I deserve to be dead after everything that I've done right but you know the life I do have I'm going to spend sharing the gospel and ministering to people and that was the perspective that he had that was completely different yeah I just think Saul before he became Paul when he was like putting people in prison and killing people, he probably thought they were so crazy that they wouldn't renounce this Jesus yeah. that he wanted nothing to do with. And then he ends up being someone who does the exact same thing. It's just, it's just a, what a new perspective. You know, we played Fireflight earlier. And, um, you know, in this way, it's like Paul's saying, you know, all press is good press right. <laughs> when it comes to Jesus. Like, even if people are talking bad about him or talking good about him. And I think sometimes we we worry, like, oh no, people are bad about Jesus. Like, hey, they're talking about Jesus. Let's turn it, let's turn the tables on him. Let's witness. <laughs> That was Jesus to the world by this beautiful republic. That's what he said. He said, you are the light of the world. And, you know, he's given us that charge that we would further the gospel. Go and make disciples of all nations. Don't just go talk to people and say, oh, I believe in Jesus. No, we're called to go and make disciples. 
you know, it's it's not the pastor's job. It's not the, you know, he calls his church to do whatever it takes to make disciples. And, um, you know, in just thinking about this book, Philippians, and Paul talking about, the, you know, being in chains. There's a great story in the book of Acts, chapter 16. And uh, just to give you the context, there was a girl that was possessed by a demon, and she's heckling Paul and Silas. And it says, Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And she was fine. She was healed. Demon fled from her. And then all the people bring bring Paul and Silas to the magistrates. And they're like, these people are causing trouble. Like They don't care about the demon-possessed girl that was causing trouble. They throw them in prison, put their feet in the stocks, it says. And then in verse 25, it says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. You're like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not what I would do if I was in that situation. And a lot of people say that these prisons, you know, there was no, they didn't get bathroom breaks and stuff. So they're like sitting in their feet in the stocks and there's just filth everywhere. You know, it's not a good place, not a place to be like, sing hallelujah to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, and they're just sitting there. But the, here's the key verse. And the prisoners were listening to them. You're like, whoa, whoa. All these other guys, who knows what they were in jail for? They're listening. They're like, who are these guys? They're sitting here in prison and they're worshiping this God who they say has set them free? What? This doesn't make any sense. And it says, suddenly there was a great earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken and all the chains, all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Even the prisoners that deserve to be there, you know, and the keeper of the prison awakes, sees that the prison doors are open. He thinks everybody's gone. That everybody, it's been a jailbreak and he's about to kill himself because he knows he's going to get killed anyway uh, for letting everybody escape. And Paul says, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Wait a minute. They were they had the opportunity to go free. And a lot of times we have afflictions in our life and we have the opportunity to get out from under those things. And maybe that's not what God wants. Maybe God wants us to stay there because the ultimate result of this is that the guy says, I want to be saved. This God that you serve, I want that. Mm. And the guy gets saved and his entire household gets saved. And he believed in God and he rejoiced. And it's just a great story and a great picture of what Paul is speaking about. Paul's not just saying it, he's living it. And that's what we need to do too. You know, wrapping it up tonight, you know, just I love what Jeff said. Just, man, it's about, it's about Christ. It's about the furtherance. It's about the gospel. You know, it's about what does Jesus want in this situation? Verse 18, I love, he says, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, whether in jail or free, (laughs) Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. Paul's happiness, Paul's praise Paul's resulting rejoicing was because of the Christ being preached. And it had nothing to do with whether he was out of jail or not, whether he was out of that circumstance or not. Paul was happy because he saw the the kingdom being advanced, you know. And just like that situation with the Philippi jailer, (laughs) you know, as long as the jailer could come to know the Christ, it was all worth it, wasn't it? It was if one soul came, it was what that was what it was all about. So in kingdom, in God's kingdom, that's what it's all about. Man, this is like a motivational episode for sure, and a convicting episode as well. But you know, we're gonna face opposition. People are gonna try to quiet us and keep us from talking about the good news of Jesus Christ and how it is the only way to salvation. I think Martin Luther said the gospel doesn't need to be defended; it just needs to be let out of its cage. And I think a lot of times we spend too much time trying to defend our beliefs instead of being aggressive with our beliefs and getting the truth out there. So it's an encouragement to all of us to do that. And until next week, be cool cats. Live for Christ. Christ.